You're listening to the Crew Time Podcast. This is a podcast all about doing content differently. And today on the show, I'm in conversation with Lisa Staff and Devo Tindall from Sprout Connectors, who are based in the United States. But they have some really interesting insights in how you can do content differently and what it means to produce better content for your business. It's a really interesting conversation this week and you're going to get loads out of it. So I'm going to let you get right into it. Grab yourself a brew and enjoy. Do you want to tell me about yourselves, about Sprout Connectors and visual, and this is going to be a big question, and visual storytelling, absolutely, just tell me absolutely everything about you guys and the podcast you do. Okay. Starting now? Yeah, go for it now. You're running? Um, Yeah. Both Eva and I had our own separate businesses. We still run our own separate businesses. We're photographers. I'm in Hilton Head. He's in North Carolina. And Charlotte kind of runs the whole state, Mr. Award winner. Um, And we met through um, him sliding into my DMs about four years ago on Instagram. Four and a half years ago. Four and a half years ago. April will be five. Nice. Happy yeah. anniversary. Anyways. Um, and we just, you know, and it's, it's social media at its best, you know, really just uh, connecting with someone and then working, you know, having separate businesses and connecting and asking questions and how are you doing this and collaborating on things. And then I actually met you in person. We worked together, did some things and had some ideas that kept spawning and growing. And we're like, you know what, maybe we should be working together. And we were doing a lot of speaking engagements, education for people. And that's kind of how Sprout was born because there was that, that necessity or that need that, you know, people kept asking and we're like, yeah, we should probably create a business around this. And that's kind of what happened. Mm-hmm. And then we've morphed it and kind of niched down to what we really like and where we think that we're giving our clients the value that they need because we deal with mostly small businesses, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, or, or just very small teams that just don't have the bandwidth to do what they think that they should be doing it to, to kind of get their word out there. You know, we try to take that off their hands. I'm talking a lot, but we try to take it off their hands so they can do what they need to do so that they can be selling and giving to their clients and doing all those things. So just kind of getting their story out there. Amazing. So, so- I guess this kind of, I've got a question around this because you, you come across as very much visual storytellers, photographers and doing the branding and there's, there's, there seems to be kind of a balance between people having stock photography or trying to DIY it and the value that having professional photographs brings to a brand. I mean, it just takes it to the next level. So how do you balance that? that sort of transition for people between going down the DIY route and the the importance and value of having something that's professional and thought of and fits in with the brand because lots of stock photography, you can tell it's stock. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, so just by that last statement, you said alone, you can tell that it's stock. I think that before you can't force anybody to do anything, right? You can only lead a horse to water, right? So I think from our perspective, and I had this conversation yesterday with a, a guy who was proposing to his his partner, and he's like, I was shocked at how expensive photographers are. And so I asked him to take a step back, and I said, well, the first thing you need to ask is, what story do you want to tell about this proposal? 
are, are you, is, is photography a priority for you? Is capturing this moment in time as you're proposing to your soon to be wife, is it important for you to have, a, have it to be properly documented? Because if it's not, and you don't really give that many fucks about it, you should probably just ask your uncle Larry to come put on his cell phone and, and hide in the bushes and photograph it. And he's like, no one's ever asked me that before. I never really stopped to think about that. And he's like, it's really important. I said, well, just like anything else, you sort of get what you pay for. So if it's an important situation for you and you don't want anybody to potentially lose it or run the run the mishap of your uncle showing up late or not finding the directions or whatever, like that's sort of what you get when you pay for someone for that larger sticker price. And and the the key to all of that is that photography, especially now and today, because everybody has their phones everywhere, it's professional photography in of itself outside of the marketing branding side of things. It's a luxury item and you shouldn't perceive it as anything else. It's just like you want to drive a Tesla, you're going to pay for a Tesla. You want to drive a little Ford Focus, you're going to pay a smaller sticker price, but your car is going to only last about three or four years. So the same thing goes with good content. If you want your brand and your potential buyers and your potential consumers to see the content that you're putting out on your digital stratosphere and they see it and it looks like shit and it has poor lighting and it doesn't really tell your story and it doesn't resonate with them, that's the sort of buyers you're going to get back that are going to be walking in your door. If, on the other hand, you want people to see your Tesla car and you want people to see your nice, you know, Dolce Gabbana outfit and bags and all those sort of things, and you want to project an image of who your brand represents, then you need to spend some money on content. You need to spend some money on content that matters and tells the story of what you stand for. And so that's really our conversation starts there. How do you want to show up digitally? And then let's tell that story professionally, strategically, so that you don't just look like a, a jabroni out there with a cell phone photo. Okay. And I think we've all experienced that. We were shooting for a client uh, just this last week up in Charlotte, creating their video anthem. We had our team fly in from LA and we were there and we were doing um, all their behind the scenes and and just creating all the content that they needed. And we had one of the models, you know who I'm talking about. And she was like, Hey, I'll take your picture for you. So we could get some shots behind the scenes. And she was like blasting off stuff on her cell phone. She's like, we're like, wow, she's really into this. This is great. And we get the photos back and they're all like this or this, or we're this big in it. You know, people overestimate their skills on a little DIY. Yeah. It, it, and the funny thing about her, her dad is actually a photographer, quote unquote, and I've seen his work. And again, photography is subjective. It's not what we do. We'll just leave it at that. But her photos were, were, were the bollocks. And the point of it is, is it's not that I think photography and and what we do, you asked about the storytelling piece. Mm -hmm. I think that the the piece around what we do, it's not that our photography is better than everyone else's, even though we're damn good. It's that we take more of a holistic approach to it. And and we realize because we have so much experience doing this, that photography needs to capture somebody's essence and it needs to tell a story with the type of person you're trying to connect to. So that when you see my photos and, or let me use me as an example, I dress in black almost everywhere I go. I'm always in photo shoots in black. I never wear any colors, A, because I just sort of want to blend into the background. People think you're a server. (laughs) Uh, Could you direct me to the restaurant? (laughs) I've never in my entire life of taking photographs seen a woman dressed in full black on a photo shoot anywhere. And I've worked with a lot of photographers. I saw her photos and her story on her Instagram four and a half years ago. She was dressed in black. She was really well dressed. She was moving around. Her story resonated with me and it captured, again, we were both in this, we were both in relationships. So this wasn't sort of like a 
a sexual etc thing even though i thought she was beautiful it wasn't had anything to do with that like i just saw her content and her content resonated with me i was like wow another photographer that actually has her head out of her ass and knows what she's doing on social media and so i was like drawn to it her story captured me and so that's the whole point of what we do how do you tell your story so that you can capture someone's attention in a very short amount of time as they're scrolling through their feed and pop out so that when they see that they're like ah, I dig that Fiona girl. I actually like what she's putting out there. Her vibe sort of resonates with me. And that in in the crux of it is what photography should be doing or video. And I think it's changing people's mindset as well. You know, people think that they know what, what people want to see of them, but, you know, we can, we can spend, and we've talked about this, curating a photo that we think is so amazing and the work that went into it. And it's not a scroll stopper. People go by it. But you showed them some behind the scenes or some personality or something about the people that are working within that company and people become engaged with that. So it's working with our clients and changing their mindset. We just spent four days with a a fabulous all-woman team in Atlanta that are doing great things, but they needed some help. And a lot of it was getting their mind into why we're doing this, what they'll be doing. There's a lot of pre-production. Here's the clothing that you're wearing. Here's the sets. Here's everything that you're going to do. And then putting those them into that situation, saving time, blasting out. Here's, here's a few days of creating content that are going to last you for months, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As well as the other, the other, um, the owner of that company that will be going on a safari and you know, here are the things that you need to do when we're not there. These are the things that we'll be looking for that your audience will need some some pre-production. So she's ready to capture those things. So it's changing people's mindset too, so that they're not after a situation saying, wow, I really wish I had captured some something that was really amazing. And I have nothing to show my clients about that situation. Well, if I may continue, sorry, we're just, we're we just basically took over your podcast. <laughs> you, you asked about stock photography, you know, stock photography has a time and a place. I've used stock photography before, you know, I just, there's certain times and places for it, but the problem is, is there's everyone else is using probably the same type of photos. It doesn't have a soul. It doesn't really have any connection, connection points. So our process is, it's not just, I, I want to reiterate, it's not my sales pitch here, but it's not just photography. We sort of become your partners, your branding partners, your marketing partners. We just got off to two staff meetings with some of our clients. We're in their staff meetings with them so that we understand their culture and what they're doing. We live, eat, and sleep what our clients live, eat, and sleep. And we transpose that through our content creation for them so that when we show up on their social or we show up on their website or whatever it is that we're creating for them, we look like we're part of their team and their brand. And that sort of is the difference. That's our value proposition, if you will. I think that that is that is a really important point there, though, because so many people don't value like the one-to-one and the building relationships, and that honestly is the impression I got from your website and all your social media. It's the building the relationships and creating the community, and that's the key piece to any content online is creating that community. But what's in most people's heads, I don't know if you've experienced this, is okay, how can I do? instantly go to do one-to-many automation don't have to do anything it's just out there and boom and so how do you one do you experience that a lot still because i i'm hoping that is the old ways of doing things but when you do how do you get someone to understand that human relationships are the key to everything that they need to do oh you are so on point you know it's so much easier to create 
a connection and a relationship with a client than go out there and try to sell someone else and try to sell someone else. Like keep that relationship going. And we, from our relationships, have had so many other connections spawn from that, right? I think our biggest problem, and I'll, I'll let you answer this, but I think our biggest problem has been sometimes people think, okay, well, I've posted something. Where's my ROI on that, right? I'm not seeing, no one called about that and, and getting them to understand it's, it's, um, I know white pants, it's right? bothering me bonkers, that little <sighs> flick right there. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a long sell, right? And, and you may not be able to put your finger on it. It's working hand in hand with other things that you're doing within your business to promote you. It's social proof and people demand social proof now, even if they've gone to your website first, they want to see what you're doing right now. So I need to hear the question again. Sorry. I I sort of understood. (laughs) It was the white spot on my pants. It was so distracting. (laughs) No, I I sort of understood the question, but it it was kind of. It was, it was what you were saying about you're going in there and you're learning about your clients and what they do so that you look part of, of the team, like you look part of this community. And I think a lot of people miss, a lot of people I speak to miss that point. They want the build it big, sell to many, and it, themselves be slightly removed so i was wondering how you deal with how do you approach that and explain it's about human connection it's not about automation so i think i have two ways of addressing that we recently were um, introduced to a tool it's an ai tool that writes content for you and so i've been playing around with it just to sort of see what it looks like and it's like anything you would expect coming from a robot it's very factually, punctually, and grammatically correct. But when you read it, you sort of feel like, I just basically just whitewashed my entire house. There's no color. There's no soul. There's no essence to it. So I think a lot of people don't, as Lisa was saying earlier, I think a lot of people mistake putting out, throwing, just smattering their content board or just smattering their content with, with, the, with the connection piece. And so if our job starts with, at the very outset, we have a, what we call a brand discovery audit. And it does a couple of things. First of all, it makes sure that we're a good match because you and I might just not line up philosophically on, on what we think our value is and what you think we're supposed to be providing to you. But more than anything else, it sets the stage in a very thought-provoking capacity with, it takes about four or five hours, first of all. So we're locked behind doors with you and we're sort of singing Kumbaya together for four and a half hours. And we're, you're sharing some of your deepest, darkest secrets about your business with you. Like, what are your, what are your fears? What are the things that you want this to look like in five years? How, how, how are you planning on going about doing this? Who, who, do you, who is your ideal avatar? Who is it you're trying to sell this to? What's your exit strategy around this? What is it you're trying to ultimately accomplish with this company? And I think a lot of people mistake branding for having a nice logo and a really cool business card. And it couldn't be further from the truth. That's just one small participle of that equation. What our process does in that brand discovery is it's more of like a holistic pull back your own curtains therapy sort of business therapy approach so that they better understand what they're trying to accomplish while they're explaining it to us. It's sort of like you ever when you were a kid, I used to have this teacher, she, she would have us come up and teach a lesson in front of the class. And I would get up in front of the class and I'm shitting my pants before it, right? And and then, but at the end of the session, I would be like, holy crap, I really know that material really well now because I just taught it to 36 kids. And 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 for me, like... That's when, a high teacher to student ratio. Oh my God. Oh my God. My, I had like 
I had 8,500 kids in my school. It was like, it was bigger than my college. So, but the point I was making there is that when you sit down with people and you really have heartful conversations with them and you actually give a fuck about what they're saying to you and you listen, you're going to learn more and they're going to learn more about their own process as they describe what it is they're trying to accomplish. And then when we walk away with that and transcribe that into our perspective and what we heard and our recommendations, and then the two of us reconnect, you know, a week later on our output, it's like one of those aha moments where like, I totally never saw that perspective. And so it's a collaboration, right? Mm -hmm. And that through that collaboration, that storytelling sort of kind of just takes care of itself. But I love how you pointed that out because honestly, everything that we're seeing right now seems to be that quick sell. Everything, if you go on Instagram, everyone's talking about, I'm only working two hours a week and I've got this offer together and I'm making millions of dollars and it's so easy. So, so people are getting into their minds that it's like, it's like, I just need to do this and money's going to flow in the door and I only have to work a couple hours a week. But you know, there's something to be said about the longevity of creating and cultivating relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've created this culture where we live in this this concept of instant gratification across the board. You can turn on your TV and have access to 1,200 channels in a matter of seconds, right? Anything you literally want to watch or social media, you can... Ha- we literally will order something on Amazon and two hours later, it's, it's at our front door. So Lisa's right. If you, if you can teach people that it, you know... Most of those people who are claiming to be millionaires from their sales funnel, that's just a bunch of posturing and bullshit most of the time. So, no, I, th- I think that's right. And I think, even I think the hard thing is to understand is that big brands they do this too. They create, they just call it brand loyalty, but that's all they're doing is creating this human connection because you identify yourself in the brand. And I think over the past few years, that might have been forgotten a little. And it's like, secret thing people are trying to hide but I do actually want to go back you said the word holistic a couple of times now and and I was looking through your your website copy and I was like you say holistic on there without saying holistic and I can't say word for word that I went through and checked everything that doesn't use the word but there was um and I really liked it and there was one thing on there that you put um hang on you see I've written the note here you were seen through the veil of imposter syndrome like how do you pull that out of people? How do you get people to have confidence in themselves, to put themselves out there, to trust you to put their content out there? Because you're kind of fighting something that's opposite. How do you do that? I'm going to let you answer that. But first of all, I just, you know, through the um, branding that we do, I think, I think when you're really good at something, you don't realize it. You don't realize it's your superpower. And you think everyone can do it. And it's coming to that realization that, oh, this is secret sauce that you have. What you're doing is something really special and people want to hear about it. They want to hear how you do it, why you do it, behind the scenes, all of that. But do you not find that that comes out in the branding? I think, yeah, it does come out in the branding. I think the problem with social media and the problem with this imposter syndrome is that not everyone looks good in yoga pants. Everyone, everyone has these, and it's sort of a subconscious subliminal effect that's taken hold of us. It started with reality TV 10 years ago. It started with just modern marketing in of itself where everything 
everything that we have ever seen on, t- you're not going to see a large obese woman selling something, a sexy car. Like it's sorry, no offense, but you're not going to see a fat overgrown man selling something on TV. And so the problem is, is that we have been bombarded with this counterculture of what we're supposed to look like and what we're supposed to be. And, and the byproduct of that is because we're not taught critical thinking as children through school. We sort of just think we're supposed to be that person, that gorgeous model, that beautiful hunk. We're supposed to have those beautiful things because all these people are showing it on social media now. And so we start to doubt ourselves and on our real value and our real efficacy. And so our job is to paint a picture for people on how we see them and what they actually look like and to draw out their value proposition of what they're really good at that's unique from anyone else. Because Fiona, I don't know you know, your business and what you do behind the scenes, but there's probably an argument to be made, undoubtedly, that you do something better than some other, someone else. There, there's a thousand people who take photographs just like us. And there are a shit ton of photographers that are way better than me. But what I'm really, really good at and what Lisa's really, really good at is we can connect with people anywhere in any situation. And because we genuinely care about connecting with people and because we genuinely want to hear who you are and what you do and why you do it and why you're good at it, we're able to sort of pull that out like a good therapist. I'm not trying to pat my back on this, but we sort of pull that out like a good therapist would. But we don't cut you off after an hour. Yeah, we pull that out like a good therapist and we show this is what you do. This is why you're good. Look at this. You created that. And I think when people see that and through just like a parent encouraging them to sort of start by starting, they build momentum from it and they start to see like we just launched a a client's newsletter, for example, and she was hairy scary about the launch of it. She's like, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. I don't know about this. And that's just from her framework. Right. She just got got off the call with us and, and she said she was flooded with emails from clients who got their first email and she's like they were blown away like how amazing it looked and all and now she's like when can we when's the next one coming out and so that's sort of how it that's sort of how it happens you just you find somebody you find somebody who believes in what you does authentically you encourage them to get out there you support that with good content you make them look good by what you're creating for them professionally not on their cell phone and they just sort of it's just like just like modern marketing lambasting you with the hot models we're sort of doing the same thing but you're the hot model and we're showing you what you actually look like and what you actually are and you kind of start to believe it And that's how it works. And I think it can be overwhelming. Like you're looking at people that have a million followers and where do I start? Doesn't matter. You know, you're saying start by starting. It's having the right engagement with the right people. You don't need to speak to everyone. You just need to speak to those clients that are your ideal clients. Absolutely. And focus on your lane. Stay in your lane. Don't worry about what I'm doing. You're never going to be me and I'm never going to be you. That's there's, there's no, there's only one Fiona. There's only one Lisa. There's only one Devo. And, and, and if people can sort of, conceptually understand that they're just going to make a lot bigger impact on the world so you've spoken about this a lot actually on your instagram both for sprout and your personal one about not being a perfectionist over things which i really i totally totally get behind and i saw this funny quote the other day that this is nothing new like showing the filtered side of our lives is nothing new like your nan puts photos on a mantelpiece and it's the happy family photo. It's not the 10 minutes either side where everyone's screaming at each other, trying to get everyone to smile in the exact same 10 minutes. So how do we not do perfectionism, but we do something that still looks 
professional and sense and what, what's the line what's the line you don't cross there it, you know what? It's funny that you say that because when I'm shooting other people, I love those honest pictures. Those are some of my favorite pictures. If it's a family picture and someone's having a temper tantrum, a breakdown and all that, sometimes those are the best pictures, mm-hmm. right? Do you want to answer that? No, go ahead. You can because you're good at it. <laughs> I'm good at what? I think <laughs> finding that fine line. Well, first of all, let's wrap around, yeah. wrap our heads around. There's no such thing as perfection. There's just as good as you can do and what works best for you. And your idea of good is different than my idea of good as it is different from Lisa's. So I think that's the first piece of it is, you know, if you're constantly trying to be perfect about something, you're going to constantly be trying to be perfect about something and you're never going to be happy with it. So I, I think there there is a fine line between sort of responsible content, but at the same time showing, and I hate the word authentic, but this genuine version of what it really is. So I think, I think people, especially on social media, today's audience, they're really freaking smart. You know what? They can see right through your, through your veil of whatever nonsense you're putting out there. Right. And, and because we have access to so much information, I can Google your ass in three seconds and tell you if you're, if you're bullshitting me or not. Right. So, so you sort of have to show up responsibly and authentically because people are going to see right through it. And if you can, if you can add sort of a combination of behind the scenes, genuine failures, people don't care about your perpetual success. People want to know that there's a version of you in me. I want to see that you, that you fucked something up last night. I want to see, I got a bad review and I'm going to talk about it today on social media. I got a bad review on my, uh, it's my first negative review I've ever received. And she, yeah. And she put a bad review. She put a bad review because I couldn't fit her into my schedule. And the only day she could give me was like a Friday between one and four. And I'm like, woman, I can't do Fridays. It's not possible. So they decided to go ahead and book. But they canceled on me, and then the, the 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 only rescheduled option I have was like three months from down. So I was like, I'm just going to give you a refund. But my refunds have to go through like my accounting system and all that sort of stuff. Like I'm not a little mom and pop. There's a lot of revenues that have to be um, matriculated across the system. So it took her longer than I guess she expected. So she writes this review, and I'm like, I wrote her back, and I'm like, I know where you live. <laughs> I know where you live. I'm like, so anyway, my point is, is like I'm going to talk about it because. There has to be other business people that are just like me that have had that similar experience. And instead of hiding behind it and saying, oh, I'm perfect, look at me, I'm going to share this with people because it's important to me. My reviews are critical to me because I want to make sure that my clients walk away happy with what they're paying me a lot of money to do. So if I receive a bad review, I'm going to share it with my audience because I want them to know why that happened and why it's important to me, so et cetera. So I think, sorry, I'm rambling as I often do, but... (laughs) If we're talking about content in of itself, it's no different than your relationship with your partner or your friends or anything else. You don't just w- walk into the restaurant with your with your chums and be like, I am the best. I did this today. I rocked out this. I'm gorgeous. Look at me. Like you have real honest conversations with people, right? And your content should sort of be the same thing. This is who I am. This is what I do well. This is what I'm not so good at. Let me share that with you. And when people see that, they're like, I totally dig that. That's just like me. Like I had that same problem last week. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's knowing who you are and who your audience is. If you are one of those influencers that that's, you know, that perfectionism and that's what, you know, you're showing fashion every day and that's your shtick. Great. Do that. But I think too, when you're talking about that, it's like getting, and I always refer to this, that Christmas brag letter. Nobody wants to read it. Nobody cares. 
but to have so it's not vapid and it's not shallow to have some more depth to it people that have stories i don't want to be friends with someone that's perfect i don't they're boring it, you know, it's like, I don't care what's going on in your life, but people that have had experiences and have stories to tell, have had failures, have had successes and can share that, whether it's visually or through their, you know, through their writing, all of that, that's where people connect and engage and they want to come back. Either they relate to it or they learn from it. And there's got to be something that pulls you back. You know, I follow things. I listen to podcasts that are either engaging or they're teaching me things, same with what I follow on Instagram mm-hmm. or any other social media. Yeah. What's what's the value to me? You know, I can look at pretty pictures only for so long, but if I want to go back, there has to be some sort of value. Yeah, I agree. You're never going to see me in a thong bikini hanging upside down <laughs> on a bridge doing a yoga pose. That's not my audience. It's just never going to happen. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, it might but, be your audience. <laughs> but I, so that's but that's my point. Like start it, by starting. But that's my point. So if I was trying to attract those type of people to follow my feed because they wanted to see me in a thong bikini upside down on a bridge doing yoga poses, I would do that. But I've chosen the path to be a little bit more journalistic about my pr- approach. I'm, I'm, I sort of drop my headspace on my, like a cathartic journal for me. That's the sort of things that I talk about. And if you look at the people who engage in my feed, those are the people that sort of... I had a guy send me a DM this morning while I was at the gym because I had dropped a, a Stoic quote from Epictetus, a Roman emperor way back in the day. And he's like, and you claimed it as your own. No, no. But he, he, he was searching. He He's called you out. He found me through the hashtag um, stoic, stoic principles or something like that. Oh, my gosh. what You guys are nerds. Yeah. But gosh. those are the type of people that I've made the conscious decision to try to attract. I, I want to use my social media. I literally get one or two leads a week from my Instagram because I've chosen to show up in this space and people are looking for that type of content. And that's just my decision to do that. Again, I could be in a bikini or a yoga, whatever it is I want to do, or flex all day long and show my biceps, but that's not the choice that I've made to do. So you just have to decide what's your value proposition, how do you want to show up, and what type of people do you want to attract that you can connect with just like you would in the physical world. And again, stay in your lane. Don't look at what everyone else is doing because that's where you get that imposter syndrome. That's where it seems like everyone else is going to the parties, doing the fun things. Their friends are all the best. You're sitting at home alone. (laughs) <laughs> eating a lot of chocolate <laughs> that's funny that was yesterday for us wasn't it, it was <laughs> i love me some emotional eating <laughs> so i kind of want to go back to instagram briefly because um instagram announced i think it was last week or the week before that they were no longer an image-based platform how do you guys feel about that is it something to worry about or is it just you just adapt and change and move with it and take it with a pinch of salt and move on. I like option number two. That's my, you know, if you're, if you're an 18 year old and you want to do TikToks and dancing and do all that all day, and that's going to bring you what you need. Fabulous. But I think it becomes overwhelming, doesn't it? And I think again, it's knowing your audience. If you're just out there to try to get that viral video or whatever, and it doesn't fit into, to anything else. You've got to do what you can maintain as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a new announcement. That's just yeah. a new announcement. They haven't been a they haven't been a photo platform for the better half of three years. So um, they've been they've been adjusting that algorithm for you know f- five and a half years now, specifically solely to cater to an to a, a digital advertising audience. That's the that's what they're trying to become. So to Lisa's point, and I agree with her. 
it's that's irrelevant. Just put your content out. Have a you you should have a diverse portfolio anyway. You should be sprinkling videos in. You should be playing with reels. Again, assuming that you want to continue to grow your audience on Instagram, you should be doing a little bit of the native tools that Instagram offers. You should be on video. You should be doing IGTVs. You should be showing up here and there on lives. You should be sprinkling video into your into your feed anyway. Again, the whole point is to showcase your product, your personality, who you are. And if all you're doing is just putting the same content out over and over and over again, it's going to be boring whether your Instagram says their video or photo regardless. So have a diverse portfolio, just like your investment portfolio. Well, you, yeah, you test the market with everything Absolutely. that you do in your business. Yeah. So you know, you're going to continue to test it look at the analytics, look what's working and how you can flip it to fit you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not worried about it. It, 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 It's irrelevant to me. And it's what we tell our clients too. You know, you're documenting, Mm -hmm. keep documenting. Yeah. That's a good point. You should extrapolate on that a little bit. You should extrapolate on it. Well, so the whole, the whole key (laughs) is that I think people get so caught up in having that perfect photo, creating that perfect photo. And that's really not what Instagram or social media is, has morphed into. It's, it's become more of a documenting your life asset, documenting your journey, you know, whether it involves what you ate for breakfast or your struggles you had with your kid getting her out the door this morning. The whole point is people, for whatever reason, want to live vicariously through other people's lives because they can see that story in themselves. So the whole point is don't show me that you're perfect. I don't care. Show me what you really are. Let me see what you do, what you stand for, what you believe in. Document that throughout your throughout your journey. That's what I'm going to connect with. Does that make sense? And there, there's so many arms to social media. If we're just talking about Instagram, maybe you want your feed to look a certain way. I'm a little nerdy about my feed. Oh my right? God, yes. Right. I'm a little nerdy about it, but I, I don't care what goes in my stories. It's only up for a day and it, it's usually the buffoonery of, st- of stuff that we're doing. Yeah. I hacked into her Instagram the other day and I put a photo of myself on there and I put all these fantastic you, allegories you, yeah. on how and much like, she loved me and all these things. <laughs> and she freaked out. She's like, that doesn't fit the color spectrum. I know. I have a hard time. Honestly, I have a hard time putting in all our IG stuff <laughs> and that goes in. And then our podcast, I'm like, ugh. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm not. It. I'm not that tied to the aesthetic of that. I, I rather Obviously. would have. I'd rather just be more sort of yeah. purposeful about what I put out. I don't really. The colors don't matter to me as much. I know. That's a dude thing, probably too. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, but I know my audience too. It's just this I know true. my audience, yeah. so they want to see. You know, and sometimes I'll ask for certain things. You're like, oh, but I'm doing other things right now. I want to hear you drop that word vapid again. That's a nice word. Thanks. Well, you can done. use that Who today. That I'm gonna drop I that have a couple words in several conversations. Not too many. That's Sorry, Fiona's like, oh my god, these two are too much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Um, I, I was very curious how you manage so many Instagram feeds as well, because I don't think people understand. Oh, rather, I don't think some people can understand how long it takes because the words you get sometimes are. It's just a bit of posting. Well, how many of us, like even on my own personal feed, it's like a Sunday morning and I'm like laying in bed and I'm not ready to get up and face Sunday yet. So you're like, oh, I'm just going to post something, maybe do a couple stories. And all of a sudden, two hours have gone by. You're like, oh my God, because I'm going to scroll a little bit too. It's ridiculous. But we have a team that works with us too. So it's not just us. We're organized and and very, we treat every client just like they would treat their business. There's a structure to it. It's not just random smattering. Mm -hmm. It's organized. We have team meetings. We have client meetings where we 
submit monthly content calendars. They approve it. We make adjustments. We create the content. We write the content. Everything goes through a system. And again, like Lisa said, we have a really badass team that supports us on that. So every client is assigned a client relationship manager that sort of holds their hand through the process, make sure that they're getting all the deliverables they need. And then we just sort of sit up in the ivory tower and say, we only work two hours a week and we make millions of dollars. <laughs> the way you just described that is like describing the editorial process at a magazine or newspaper. Uh, like you have editorial meetings and everything needs to go through the approvals process and hit the deadlines. And it's, it's not Yeah, it's nice to hear it described like that as well, though. Well, it has to be. Otherwise, you know, there's going to be too many, be, there's too many nuances and subtleties to, because it's not just social media. We're involved with blogging for our clients, website development. We're putting out newsletters. We're creating funnels. So there's all these, every client has different needs. And so there, it has to be treated like an editorial uh, production because there's just so many subtleties and nuances that have to be tracked. So every client has that manager, a project manager to make sure that all the T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted. And then I kind of I want to go back to your podcast as well because you guys are very visual people, and I'm curious as to what made you decide to use a podcast as your as a piece of content, which it's not visual, it's audio. Um, we like to hear ourselves talk. No. <laughs> <laughs> Diva has so many good big words that they just need to get out there. Otherwise, he's sitting in the corner talking to us. So, no, we we like. Okay, I'll, I'll do my viewpoint on it. You can do yours, but yeah. we like talking to people. And this has actually, you were doing it before the big C word before before COVID, mm-hmm. and then COVID hit, and we're like, let's just put some let's pour into this let's mm-hmm. lean into it let's use all those keywords but we just put some more effort into it and we've been able to connect with the best people like the best people and and business wise yes it's been good for our business we've elevated ourselves you know you're supposed to surround yourselves by the you know the five people that you surround yourself and elevate it we've created the best relationships we've learned a lot we've been able to connect other people with some of the people We've learned a lot of new big words. We've learned how to make ourselves sound smarter mm-hmm. because some of these people that we have on our podcast are brilliant. So, well, that's an interesting <laughs> sidebar of that. Uh, so, the whole the whole point of the podcast for us is it's called Mind Body Business because, from my perspective, those are really the three modalities of our lives. If you think about everything we do, where do we spend the most amount of our time in in our personal ethos? It's around developing our minds, getting smarter, learning. It's around keeping our bodies healthy, eating well, exercising, doing the things that are necessary, and our business. And all three of those are sort of the stratospheres of our ethos, right? And so we decided that we would use that topic, those concepts. And then every time we... So the really cool thing is is about social media is, right? Let's just, let's just say we're not even on your podcast today, Fiona. Let's just say you you happen to cross Lisa's feed and you're like, holy shit, this is a badass bitch right here. And you really wanted to just like, I wish I could just have a conversation with her. How many times you ever ask that silly question when like, what animal do you want to do to be when you grow up? Who would you, if you could have coffee with any person on the planet, who would it be dead or alive, blah, 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 right? So social media and our podcast is that questionnaire. I find somebody really cool that I see on social media or I hear something really cool that someone forwarded me. And I'm like, I would really like to talk to that person. So I send it off to our producer and I say, reach out to them, see if they want to come on the podcast. I'd love to have a conversation with them. Well, you used to do that, but you know, 
you, sorry? you've stopped sliding into people's DMs as much. We have a team that helps us slide into people's DMs. <laughs> well, the, but the point is, is that when you, when the, the point of the podcast is that now that we, those people that you'd like to have coffee with, yeah. we're actually having hour long conversations with them now. And so, you know, we've had, a, we've had people that are way outside our snack bracket on our podcast. I have no we're idea what like, they saw. Why in are it. they even on our podcast? Like, how did, yeah. we, how did we trick them? But the cool thing is, is that we get on these conversations and because we're, we're slightly intelligent and we can kind of engage in conversation with people, we do a copious amount of research on every guest. If you've written a book, you have to send me a book before you come on the podcast. I will read your book. I literally know everything about what your subject matter expertise is so that I don't sound like an, a jackass on the, on the conversation. And then we get on these podcasts and we have these conversations with real people doing real shit that are having a real impact on the planet. And our job is to have conversations. And if we can share that with just one other person that's going to hear that and be like, holy shit, I would have never known about Dr. Thomas Count. I would have never known about Fiona. I'm so glad you shared that conversation with me. And because we're not just audio, we have a YouTube channel. We post this on our social media. So we do audio and video simultaneously. You sort of get that mixed media message. And that's kind of our become our sort of our genesis quo now. I think it's all coming back to that. You're making human connections again. You're building that community. And well, how important has your local community been to building up your business and building up your, like, what you do and I guess the online community as well you'd said earlier on that you're building this community of people you go out and you dm them and everything how important is that to everything you do it's made the world a very small place hasn't it mm-hmm. because and, and even for our team members our team members are, are kind of throughout the world too we've been able to source out the people that we connect with uh, that we think have the the right energy and the the best people to team up with us. And that's kind of been what we were doing with our podcast and with our business as well. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's changed the, the level or the ceiling for us, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. And I think for everyone, you know, things that perhaps would have been outside of your zone. Like I live in a very small community, like a very small community. And, uh, it's kind of an older community, you know, this community would not really support what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. It it would, it would level you off and you wouldn't be able to go any further. This has allowed us to take that step outside and uh, gain the momentum that we've wanted to. Well, it's an allegory for life. If you think about yourself growing up in a small town, I, I grew up in a relatively smaller area. And a lot of the people that I went to high school with, uh, some of them are still there and have never exposed themselves to anything else. And not that there's anything wrong with that. That's fine. But there's an argument to be made that if, if you want to be exposed and do bigger and better things, you have to sort of step outside that personal space and move into a diver, bigger world, right? That's one of the reasons we travel so much is just to sort of see a different perspective from somebody. How you have grown up and the opinions and the context of your life growing up in the UK are going to be markedly different than a West Coast California dude who grew up on the beach every day. Like, we're just going to have a different viewpoint. So if I can if I can expose my brand to your brand and you can expose your brand to my brand and I can go into that with an open mind and learn something, holy fuck, that's just going to give me a whole bunch more ammunition and fodder for my personal life, Right. See, yes. I did that again. I had challenged to use those two words in a sentence today, and I just did it. 
So wait, wait. Have you guys challenged each other to use specific words on this podcast episode? Just every day when it was like you have to drop that in a sentence with someone somewhere. We, we used to do in our stories, remember that? You would pull out the most ridiculous, like, that's like every letter in the alphabet. And I've got to use that in my story. Challenge accepted. <laughs> well, where I was going with that is the social media, the podcast, everything we're doing. I, I got invited to be part of um, Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, our man, uh, uh, a guy we had on our podcast over a year ago. Um, he lives on the west coast of Mexico, all the way down Cabo. Yeah, but even further south in yeah. Cabo. And you know, we had a, we connected really well on our pod. He's from the UK. Moved to the Cabo with his wife uh, and Olga, and they have a little baby over there. And and he invited me to be part of a new show he wants to launch. That he was so he feels so connected with me through our podcast. And now we've you know we're, we connect and talk all the time. We're starting our own Instagram show every Friday, and it's called disruptions with dan and devo and so like that i would have never had that opportunity had i not been podcasting had i not been on instagram and like literally every single day i'm rambling but we're in the middle of trying to hire a video editor right now because we lost our video editor and lo and behold there's a woman from california who's been commenting on my instagram like literally every post and i'm like shit, she's a video editor. Let me just reach out to her and have a phone call with her. So we did a Zoom with her yesterday and now she's going to be submitting a video project for us to, to potentially become one of our video partners. It's like, where else would you have been able to do that if you weren't showing up in this sort of... Not on this island. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. They're still doing video from 1970. So so if you can if you can find a reason to be on Instagram and sort of have a real value around it and genuinely consistently show up with decent content... You're you're going to find that it just starts opening doors for you with people that you would have never had the chance. There's seven and a half billion people on the planet. At least half of those people are on social media. Like, when would you have had the chance to meet somebody from Moscow or the Ukraine or what? Like, I have friends all over the world that I regularly communicate with on social media. That's a pretty freaking cool thing to say. It's very cool. And you were just make having me think, I don't know how old you guys are. I would not like to guess, but... Um, when I was young and going to university, it was the forums. Forums had just yeah. started. Well, the internet really just started back then. But it's like you, it was the first time you could speak to people across the world and then go out and meet them. And it was amazing to find these people who had the same interests as you and like the same because they were very specific. And I guess all we're doing is replicating that on a bigger, prettier scale. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. That's brilliant. That's, you know, exactly what you said, because my son went away when he was 17 to, um, to go to university in London and he had all his two YouTube friends that he had established before. They all had YouTube channels and that made that transition so much smoother for him. Brilliant. That's amazing. I hope he's enjoying London. <laughs> Loves it, but he's in Spain right now. And then he's going to Portugal. He's living the dream. He's oh living God, the dream. He live the He's manifesting life. a whole lot of stuff in his life. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. Do you think there's been a shift, I'd say, in the past 15, 20 years away from the need to have great big brands and great big businesses to people wanting to do business with the smaller people because there is more of that personality in it? Absolutely. But you're seeing another shift being forced upon us right now because big corporations realize that 
And so they're trying to shut down smaller businesses so that those personal brands can't have that autonomy. That's why we're in one of the paradigms that we are right now. But yeah, absolutely. People want to have a personal experience. They, I, I don't want to just go do all of my business with a giant conglomerate that doesn't give two fucks about me. I want to have that conversation with somebody. I want to get on the phone and know that I can call customer service and someone's actually going to answer the phone for me and, and deal with whatever it is I need to deal with. So absolutely. I think that if there's an argument to be made about the power of the economy of human spirit, it's that entrepreneurs and small businesses are going to keep the freedom of people's abilities to do what they want to do in place. And if you rupture that vein of society, you're going to just, we're all just going to become automatons working for such, for someone, someone in a giant box. And what fun would that be? Yeah. I think it puts us in a, a place where we feel like we're in this conundrum because, you know, we're still ordering from Amazon and, you know, clicking that and getting it delivered to our door, but we do still want that personal connection. And I think when we were trying to develop what we wanted in our business, when we were, when we were starting out just our discussions and we were thinking, you know, how do we, how do we push this forward? And we were looking at agencies, what agencies could help us with this. And we realized that we would just be a very small, small budget item on their list. And we wouldn't get any of that personal interaction that we needed. And when we were developing what we wanted to be our, our role in our business and how we came forth, we wanted to be that personal connection. Otherwise, it's not fun. I don't want to sit. I don't want to sit in an office and have nothing to do with anything creative. We wanted to be able to be able to touch people's lives, to have conversations with them, and to to aid them in where they were going. Yeah, so, and I think I think I think you're absolutely right. I think there's a time and a place for that. There there are some people who are or who are are okay with that. I once worked with a marketing company many years ago for my fusion brand. And, you know, I spent a boatload of money. They were supposed to be managing my SEO, managing my website, managing my social media, et cetera. This was like 10 years ago when social media was a completely different beast than it is today. And I remember one time I had to get somebody on the phone because something was something was already I can't remember what it was and and I got the customer service on the phone and he since since he literally tells me or maybe it was an email that I had already used my allocated hours for the month he couldn't answer my call and I'm like but I've only spoken to you one time he's like I know but you only pay for one extra hour each month so I can only and I was like we may be shooting ourselves in the foot as small business owners because if you want to talk to me, Fiona, and you have an issue, all you have to do is pick up the phone and I will be on the call with you and resolve this with you. And I or may be text. He loves text. Don't email. Yeah, text. but my point is, is it yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he responds within minutes, seconds. But but we don't tell our clients, okay, you can only call us for a certain number of hours. And and again, we may be we may Probably. be we may be limiting ourselves and how how large we can grow our brand that way. But Frankly speaking, I don't want to work with people where you don't have access to have a conversation with me. I want to be able to have a real impact on your life and your business. And I can only do that by having that relationship with you. And I'm not going to limit you to one hour like and a big box And that's why we're night. working more than two hours a week. Well, maybe so. Yeah. Maybe I'm a bad businessman. But. <laughs> this will come up in our next meeting. <laughs> um, yeah, my, only, my last question and it's, oh, sorry, it's a really rubbish last question. I didn't mean to ask it last, but it's um, what is the worst thing you see businesses doing when it comes to branding that you would like to tell them all to stop doing? Well, first of all, okay. re- realizing that branding is not a logo and, and branding is not just a fancy slogan. Branding is 
branding is the infrastructure of your business. And if you don't understand what you stand for, what problem you're solving, and specifically who you should be selling your product or service to, then you're just setting yourself up for you're setting yourself up for failure. So that would probably be my first and foremost piece. I, I think just doing a copy and paste yeah. that you see someone else doing something, copy and pasting it and just doing, okay, everyone else is doing reels where they're dancing and they're pointing at stuff and I'm going to do it just because maybe that will give me the numbers, you know, find your secret sauce. Oh, I do have another question though as well. I, I wonder what the changes from people understand when you say to them, what is the story you're trying to tell when you have that first meeting? How many people just look at you blankly like they've never considered that before and how many people get it now and come slightly prepared? I don't think anyone is really prepared for the branding exercise that we put them through because it is, it's, it's not just, they can just like vomit out an answer and you're done. Yeah. It's, it's sort of uh, a rising crescendo and a conversation. So we start off with, yeah, yeah. we start off with simple questions like, what is your name? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, but no one's ever, I don't think anyone's ever stumped because it, it's not, what's that word you used yesterday that I always keep forgetting? I don't know. I used to Very know. innocuous. It's not um, clinical. It's not a clinical interview. We, it's this, it's a conversation with the pointed purpose. The questions have a, a rising crescendo. We start with just basic elements around your business and then sort of keep evolving those questions. And then one leads into the next. And before you know it, you're five hours later and you just poured your heart and soul out to us. You're you're crying on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right. Right. I love the chemistry between you guys as well. It's just, yeah, it's brilliant. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew DMing me that long ago would end up being this? That's a, but that's a good point. And we've said this before, you know, we have a decent following on Instagram. I have a decent number of people that I follow, but on any given day in one year, there's probably a safe bet to say that you have viewed or been viewed over a million times in your social channels, right? Of, and I literally get hit 10, 15 times a day with somebody sending me a message. A lot of times they're mail order brides from Moscow, but nonetheless, <laughs> I, I have some inappropriate things. I do. I, I've, I've been hit up. I've been proposed to a few times. I've been asked to move to Albania with a couple of, I don't know who they were. I think it was a three ring circus, but nonetheless, yeah. but of all the people that you engage with on social media, you know, there was, there, there was this connection and I, and what's there's, if, if there is no better parable about the power of if you consciously use it properly, you can connect with people like yourself. You and I have connected on social media. You and Lisa connect. Like, where else would we have been able to do that? Like, it's, it's a pretty powerful testimony in and of itself. We should create a dating app. <laughs> there aren't any good. Oh, wait a second. There are a few out there, aren't there? Yeah. Late, late for the party. I, I would like to say, however, <laughs> is, as powerful as social media is, I would highly encourage businesses back to your business question. It, it needs to be run discriminately, but there is still a place for physically, physically connecting with people in whether it's just grabbing coffee with some of your clients or meeting up in some networking way that you can, you still have to find ways to physically connect with people. We have, we, as humans, we need to have that. Absolutely. And so much is lost between the screen like you can't even see half the gesticulating I'm doing here. <laughs> We're usually in our pajama pants anyway underneath. It's like the newscasters. You only see the top of the desk. 
<laughs> I don't have the videos on these things, so I'm like, I'll just turn off in whatever you want. I don't mind. <laughs> I like all those vinyls behind you. Is that what those are? Uh, yeah. Are something else? But no, no. They are. I used to work at a record label, so this is all, like, 90% this is stuff I've released, and then the other 10% is when relatives die, no one has a record player anymore but me and my husband, and so we get gifted them all, which is so much fun when you move house. That's cool. I like that. I saw record players are sort of making a comeback. I've seen them in stores lately. Mm-hmm. Mm, everything's okay, yeah. Their yeah, vinyl is definitely on the definitely on the huge increase. Yeah. Anyway, I totally want to thank you for your time. It's been so much fun, and you've done an excellent podcast episode takeover. I didn't need to be here. You two could have just. I know. Sorry. So I did want to have a massive thank you to Lisa and Deep both for giving up so much of their time to chat to me on this week's podcast you can find out more about them and sprout connectors in the links in the show notes please do and go check them out because they have so many smart and interesting things to say interesting things to say about um, content for your businesses and also their work is just amazing um next week i am going to be chatting about green data green metrics sorry and why you should be measuring them So join me next week. It'll be a short, brew-length, 10-minute episode. And have a great week. I will see you then.